Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Tuesday, the 1st of November. First up, Elon Musk makes a huge move to protect elections, top Twitter exec quits and fact-checks Joe Biden. Now, late yesterday, I covered um, the new documents revealing that the Department of Homeland Security collaborated with Facebook to target disinformation, as well as Twitter, by the way. Vijaya Gotti directly is what it looks like. Platforms have to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain when Microsoft executive, former DHS official, texted DHS director Jen Easterly back in February. One of the Intercept's biggest findings was that the FBI agent who played an instrumental role in pushing social media platforms to censor the infamous New York Post story about our president's son's computer continued to shape DHS policy decisions. Now, why is that important? Is because we know that story was 100% real. Twitter banned the New York Post account when they broke the story days before the election. Facebook banned uh, the story as well, deboosting it, deboosting it, all on the demand of the what appears to be federally or uh, you know ideologically compromised Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, I know I have FBI agents that watch my videos as fans. And I'm sure that it's hashtag not all FBI agents. I know I have, I know I have viewers in the FBI because you email me or you you know reach out to me, but uh, this is obviously not what I would think anyone would want the FBI to be engaging in. Uh, and he brings up a quote, and Edward Snowden brings up, "Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the press. Any effort by the state to claim a mission or authority regulating speech." essentially speech it dislikes, is a willful violation of the limits imposed by the First Amendment, and it must be resisted. A lot of people talking about, uh, you know, and I am asking that question too, maybe to somebody who's more intelligent in my viewership. I don't know how you begin to like, (laughs) what is the punishment for this? It's like literally the people that do the punishing doing this. Um, and, and just as I suspected, there wasn't a single article on mainstream press. When you search like DHS leaks, I bet you this video is uh, going to be shadow banned too. Like if you search for DHS uh, leaks, look at this. All you have is the original article from The Intercept, one right after it from National Review, and then, and then Kate, Kate, nope, that's not even it. Nobody. Nothing, nothing. And one mainstream outlet covered it at all, just as suspected. And this really came to light when Elon Musk shared out some internal conversations from Yoel, a a person that works with that. I have a video I want to talk about him specifically later because he is potentially the new Vijaya Gotti. I have a feeling I know why Elon's keeping him around, We'll get into that later. That's why you want to subscribe. But let's get to this. Elon Musk nukes Twitter's board of directors, takes new action to limit employees' power. And we knew about the board going away. That actually happened last week, but it was kind of heavily reported yesterday. The move became official in an SEC filing that stated the members of the board, which included some recently fired top executives, were no longer directors in accordance with the terms of the merger agreement. Musk also took action to limit the ability, now this is the big part, of Twitter employees to moderate content 
and enforce the platform's often criticized rules. Bloomberg News first reported that, quote, most of Twitter's trust and safety team are unable to alter or penalize accounts that would break rules around misleading information, offensive posts, or hate speech, except for extreme circumstances in which real-world harm could happen if action is not taken. That's huge. Essentially, what they've said is you can't, like, we're dialing, we're already dialing back the moderation. Now, Elon himself did say that a couple of things. First, that the board uh, dissolution is only temporary. I'm sure he'll get a board of people he trusts down the line. And he also addressed that no rules on Twitter's entire platform have changed. So I, I, I noticed, I know there's some big spicy tweets out there. They're getting a lot of likes and retweets. But as far as I know, and as far as the guy who owns the company has said, nothing has officially changed. So, you know, you know, uh, garbage post at, at your own risk. Meme post at your own risk. The team has not had access to a dashboard tool that they used to carry out enforcement actions like banning an account or locking users out of their account for a period of time due to a violation, measures which many critics say are used as weapons because they disproportionately target conservatives. A separate report from Bloomberg News says that Musk has asked his team to review the platform's hateful conduct policy, specifically a portion that penalizes users for targeting or misgendering or dead naming of trans individuals. Interesting. Initial reports indicate that Musk was set to get rid of 75% of Twitter's workforce. He started off his reign of the company by firing some top executives. We also saw another top executive leave yesterday. We'll get to that too later in this video. By the way, really, really, really appreciate all, all of the support. Um, all the people subscribing to the channel. Um, you're just crushing it. And and uh, you're, ke you're keeping me... Uh, you know, plugging away back behind the desk. Uh, and sometimes, you know, five, six videos a day, five, six days a week is a slog, but the comment sections and seeing the numbers actually change, like seeing new people subscribe. As, as I can tell you this, like if you have a bunch of YouTube channels that you watch that, you know, you just know about, and you're not subscribed to, trust me when I tell you, creators watch that and it's a huge boost when they see people are actually viewing, who view their videos, actually subscribe. It just is, it's like, it's hard to describe. And that's creators of all sizes, by the way. You know, I'm very fortunate to have the audience I do, but also like, I notice it. I notice when my, you know, these last three, four months have been amazing. My account's finally growing again. Reports later claim now he's cutting by 50%. Now, you know, today is the, uh, the deadline in which a lot of people said, oh, well, he's gonna, um, you know, he's going to fire all these people because uh, they want to, he wants to protect them uh, from uh, getting vested in stock. That doesn't look to have happened. I think that would have been a very a big D move by Elon. It would have really sucked for the employees. Um, and it wouldn't have really been, I mean, I guess I don't like to say things aren't fair, but like that would have been really crummy. Um, I don't think he would have come out looking good for that. And you know, when you do it to the top executives, no one cares. But, you know, when it's John Q programmer and their compensation is based largely off stock, you know, that's kind of a thing. 
you know, um, this goes back to Elon Musk accusing the Twitter board of deliberately hiding evidence from the court. And this is where we're talking about Yoel Roth, which is a, a character that we need to watch uh, very closely later. Some old suspicious tweets from him uh, resurfacing. and uh, But he seems to be an ally, but he also seems to be a major liability. We also saw <laughs> Joe Biden, the sitting president of the United States, get fact-checked. Now, we know it happened to Trump all the time. It felt it was unprecedented at that time. But you know, as far as I know, and I could be wrong here, Joe Biden had never been fact-checked before. We see this. Look at this. The president is being fact-checked. I'm literally stick, sick to my stomach. Now, I don't know. Like, we should, you know, this is the second time I've seen these images go around. So, like, I don't know if, you know, I'd like to see it in real time so if we look at joe biden's account you know i'm not seeing oh here's one here's a fact check on october 29th some seniors pay 400 a month readers added context as they thought might be helpful so he is getting fact checked here's another fact check on october 28th so he's getting fact checked constantly which is which is awesome <laughs> i mean to be honest with you nobody should be above that and a fact check isn't actually like deleting the tweet. It's just adding additional context. So I, I don't necessarily think that that's an issue. It's just like when, you know, YouTube added that information bar below videos. I never minded that. If they want to link out to like certain government agencies that have more information or whatever like that, I don't care about that. You know, again, Benny Johnson, Twitter has frozen some employees access to internal tools used for monitoring content and other policy enforcement curbing the staff's ability to clamp down on, quote, misinformation ahead of the midterms. So the election is what they're really worried about. Twitter limits content enforcement work as U.S. election looms. It is my opinion that uh, these individuals, you know, that Twitter has placed their thumb on the scales, in particular for one side of the aisle, <clears throat> and hopefully this is the start of that stopping. In fact, Twitter safety chief confirms a report the company froze some content enforcement work after Elon Musk took over. And you can see this tweet from Yoel Roth saying, uh, replying to Jackie Davalo saying, a, a wide swath of Twitter, Twitter's trust and safety team had access to content moderation enforcement tools frozen. Usually hundreds of people on the team could remove posts with blah, 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 blah. Yoel Roth, who Elon told everyone to follow, this is exactly what we or any company should be doing in the midst of a corporate transition to reduce opportunities for insider risk. We are still enforcing our rules at scale. Some still have access, but it's a small group, around 30. The company did this to keep employees from doing something unexpected given the must transition. The app code was also, also frozen. Both the US election a week away, some TNS folks, trust and safety folks, worry that they can't do their job. What is it that they think their job is? You know, what is it that they think their job is exactly? And uh, this, a high-ranking executive also quit. Twitter ad sales chief, Personat. Personat? That's the word? Says in a tweet she quit the company. Um, this one, this tweet set from her wasn't really inflammatory. It was kind of not super newsworthy. I mean, she's a high-ranking executive, that's for sure. And uh, that was at least a little odd. But she writes, hi, folks, I wanted to share that I resigned on Friday from Twitter 
and my work access was officially cut off last night. It's been the greatest privilege to serve you all as a leader and partner. Many have heard me say this, but the most important role I believe I played in the company was championing the requirements of brand safety. While uncertain how many there will be, I spent the last few days at the company continuing that commitment, and I want everyone to know that I believe the new administration understands the importance of holding up the standards. I'm the most important part of this tweet to all of you, to my team, um, blah, blah, blah. We create love and gratitude to everyone. Like, I don't know why people are dunking on this person. Like, you know, it's okay. You know, we knew that he was going to make massive cuts in the marketing department because they were greatly overstaffed there. But I mean, I think that was, you know, that was reasonably classy way to quit. And she didn't, you know, dunk, you know, cast aspersions on the way out. And also Elon did confirm that he is going to uphold all the standards of the GARM. I forget what the acronym stands for now, but anyway, all good news from, from Twitter today. And next up today, Ricky Gervais just obliterated woke James Corden for stealing his joke to roast Elon Musk. James Corden is a huge, stinky, floppy loser. Leave like and and uh, if you haven't leave a like and if you haven't yet, subscribe right now, if you agree. I mean, if you don't subscribe right now, then it's like saying you don't agree. Um, he's been in this like weird superficial fight uh, over being a douchebag to a restaurant owner. And last night, uh, in his fit to try and pretend like, you know, he was a cool hip cat and he was going to uh, dunk on Elon Musk buying Twitter, which the left has all decided they hate Elon Musk. So they've all adopted, ad adopted the exact same talking points. He got caught red handed and then immediately called out by the man uh, for stealing a Ricky Gervais joke word for word. This and on top of a huge list of nobodies declaring that they would be leaving Twitter, some Z-list celebrities. It didn't exactly go how they had hoped. You see this NBC News article, Tia, Tia Leone, Shonda Rhimes, Alex Winter, I, is Alex Winter from Cobra Kai? Is that who he is? I, Sarah Barrielis? Who? Literally who? They're leaving Twitter after Elon's takeover. Bye. Let's look at some of the replies. This is not an airport. You do not need to an announce your departure. Lives with TikTok. Who? It's a regular who's that of Hollywood. No one cares. Uh, the, all these replies having thousands of likes on them, by the way. Literally no one cares. I don't know who any of them are. Um, oh no. Anyway, I recognize one of them. I don't remember their name, but I don't care. They play zero role in my life. See ya. <laughs> it's a good start, but we could do better. Headline should read, woke whiners who can't stand facts and differing opinions cry about Elon. There's no perception no, in, there is no preparation to leave. You just leave. If they haven't yet, they're not. It's actually a good point. You know, honestly, I would say you know, when like President Trump was banned, there were a lot of prominent conservatives that said they were going to leave and never really did either. Um, there were some that did. Like I still post everything I make on True Social and even Gab or Gab and Getter. I try to post my videos everywhere for everyone that did leave, but the vast majority of people stayed. Um, usually when people are making a big deal about uh, leaving, they're not going to leave. They'll be back. They'll come back with a 
oh, I decided that I'm going to stay and fight. Fight what exactly? For a lot of these weirdos, they, they really think that like Elon Musk is the same as Donald Trump. That that's I mean, like, that's just the long and short of it. He's their new orange man. But like they don't really know why. They just know that they're supposed to hate him. Um, and then last night on uh what is a late show? <coughs> Excuse me. In in the joke, in, in which joke James Corden basically does a Ricky Gervais joke word for word. Now, almost certainly James Corden did not write this directly, but uh, I'm not sure he's apologized uh, to, uh, or if anybody's been fired. I don't know. Let's see. Let's go to his. Let's see. Hmm. Let's see. Did he apologize? Ooh, nope. Nope. Nope, don't. Nope, nope, nothing there. How about the Late Late Show? Did they? Did they? No. Look at this. Look at this engagement. They have 1.5 million followers. And this tweet got six comments. Six retweets. If only it was six likes. But only 66 likes. Here's another clip. 97 likes. 1.5 million. Can't break 100 likes. This is, this is the reality that these like Hollywood elites don't want you to know, you know, is that nobody really cares about them and that, that they don't have as much pull as they think they want you to think they have a ton of polls. So they want you to subscribe, you know, kind of subscribe to their ideology, but they don't, they are clowns and they should be ignored. British comedian Ricky Gervais today called out James Corden for repeating his 2018 stand-up joke about guitar lessons word for word on his late show. Did he really think, like, does James Corden watch comedy? Because, I mean, that's like in an official stand-up set. You know, most people know that's a Ricky Gervais joke. Gervais tweeted the clip from Corden's show, which aired on Halloween night in which the host jokes about Twitter users getting angry about a poster in a town square about guitar lessons. But Corden's joke is directly repeating the Gervais gig from his 2018 Netflix stand-up comedy gig, Ricky Gervais Humanity. That's what I mean. It wasn't like an obscure joke that he told in an open mic. Everyone knows that joke. Gervais rewriting a clip of Gordon repeating the joke. Uh, retweet, I'm sorry, retweeting a clip of re reading the joke on The Late Show last night said in a sense deleted tweet this bit about the town square advert for guitar lessons is brilliant gervais said he deleted the original tweet because he felt sorry for corden <sighs> that stings on an episode of the halloween show released last night corden was speaking about elon musk's takeover of twitter when he made the joke corden who has been embroiled in the controversy in recent months over the omelet saga said if someone pulls up a poster in town saying the guitar lessons are available, if you don't get it, people in town, you know, don't go, hey, I don't play guitar, I don't want to play piano, you piece of garbage. Well, that sign wasn't for you, just talking about Twitter. But Corden's joke is a copy, practically word for word, of Gervais's joke that he made in 2018. In 2018, Gervais, the star of UK's version of The Office, who has hosted the Golden Globes five times, said that people are taking things too personally on Twitter. He said in his comedy sketch, they chose to read my tweet and then take that personally. 
He said, it's like going to the town square and seeing a big notice board. There's a notice of guitar lessons. You go, but I don't want an effing guitar lesson. Gervais said, fine, it's not for you then. Just walk away. Don't worry about it. Gervais noticed how Corden sketch was copied from his own 2018 and tweeted about it. When a fan asked a British comedian whether Corden had asked permission to use the joke, Gervais said, no, I reckon one of the writers came up with it for him. I doubt he would knowingly copy such a famous stand-up routine word for word like that. The Late Late Show also deleted the video of Corden making the joke from their Twitter page. I mean, yeah. And by the way, who's writing your jokes? Like, you took that straight out of a comedy special. Like, a popular one. This isn't, like, normal where, like, joke, you know, joke stealing is a thing. But this isn't, like, your normal joke stealing where it's, like, an up-and-coming comedian gets gets ganked by, uh, like, Carlos Mencia, you know? This is, like, (laughs) a very well-known stand-up special from probably one of the top five or ten most well-known, top five well-known comedians. And you just ganked it word for word. And somehow he made it worse. Ricky tweets, the bit about the town square advert for guitar lessons is brilliant. Didn't deliver it like you, though. I assume he asked you to use that joke? No, I reckon the writers came up with it. And then, like, this also brings up, you know, the, the omelet gate again. And he, he, I don't even understand why this is a thing, but it is a thing. There's... You know, this incident where he was a douchebag to people at the restaurant. And then the restaurant owner, uh, you know, eventually backed down because he's like, eh, whatever. And then Corden went on national TV and gave one of the, like, the worst, uh, the worst non-apologies I've ever seen. Only to then now reignite everything. Keith McNally reignites a spiraling flame war with James Corden. NYC restaurateur Keith McNally's renewed hostilities with James Corden over the latter's conduct at McNally's eatery, Balthazar, using Instagram to rescind his acceptance of Corden's previous apology for making a rude comment. I don't want to over-egg the pudding, but in Friday's London Times, Corden flip-flopped and told a massive lie again. McNally wrote on Instagram, quoting Corden, I never screamed at anyone. I didn't shout. I didn't name it, call anyone, or swear, use derogatory language. How is that remotely even a thing? when the person who posted the story wasn't even there. On the second viewing, I found Corden's TV confessional contrived and phony, McNally fumed. The actor will say anything to save his bacon. In the scheme of things, my opinion means nothing, but after Friday's interview and a second look at his fraud- fraudulent confessional, I give up on James Corden for good. End of story. <laughs> oh, what a douche. And next up, Elon Musk just made a massive change to Twitter and woke journos erupt with outrage. Wah wah wee wah. This changes a lot. Massive seismic shift for Twitter. A huge win for content creators. And that's just not YouTubers, that's podcasters, that's urinalists, that's anyone who creates memes. You know, this type of thing. Huge, huge win. And the blue check marks are screeching. Look. I've said before uh, that tying the blue check mark to paying for it doesn't exactly make a lot of sense to me. I thought maybe it was a troll, but it appears not that way. But the change that Elon Musk just made to Twitter, I'm not quite sure it will launch, when it will launch, hopefully very soon, is going to be a game changer, especially when you combine it 
with the revival of Vine, which is not something I ever used, but it is going to bring a lot of creators back to, to, to Twitter. A lot of people who are apolitical, a lot of people who couldn't care less about like woke crap. They just want to create content and entertain their fans and maybe make a few bucks while they do it. Elon Musk floats $8 Twitter subscription that includes verification, long form videos and audio posting and fewer ads. Look, I think that all of this for me as a content creator, I would be interested in paying for, but I don't care about the check mark. Um, I think he could have done all of this and just fixed the verification process. And, you know, like there's no reason the Quarterings Twitter account shouldn't be verified. I have lots of articles about me. I have uh, legitimate imposters on Twitter and it's never been verified. What, the only real reason for that would be an ideological reason. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, so they could have just fixed that, but he just tweeted Twitter's current Lords and peasant system for who has it or who doesn't have a blue check mark is BS power to the people blue for $8 a month price adjusted by country proportionate to purchasing power parity. You will get priority and replies mentions and search, which is essential to defeat spam and scams. Ability to post long form video and audio, ability to post uh, and, and half as many ads. I don't know, the Twitter ads don't really bother me. I just scroll right past them. It's not really a huge deal. Um, and paywall bypasses for publishers willing to work with us. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Like, uh, Maybe for like journalists or, or, you know, YouTube or some, you know, publishers that are willing to work with us. I mean, I'm a publisher. I'm willing to work with you. Um, but here is the bombshell. This will also give Twitter a revenue stream to reward content creators. Elon clearly understands that content creators go where the money goes. Otherwise, they just spam their content there. I mean, I make YouTube shorts. I hate making YouTube shorts, but YouTube told me I had to do it and I committed to it. And I went from gaining 10,000 subscribers at most to I think 40,000 two months ago and 30,000 this month. Most of that is coming from shorts. I'm absolutely positive of it. Now, what percentage of those shorts viewers are coming over to my long form content? Not all of it, not all of it, but some of it. Absolutely some of it, because my average video views went from like 100,000 to like 120,000, 130,000. So there is absolutely a chunk of those people that are coming over and watching it. So it's worth the work. I also have, I pay somebody to post the same shorts on like Instagram and TikTok, which I'm banned for already, uh, and um, Facebook Reels. And none of those places make any money. So I'm just worried about the reach there and reaching new viewers. But if they earn money, I would pay more attention to them. YouTube doesn't really make any money, but I think the most money I've ever made from a short is like 15 bucks, even if it got like 10 million views. But it's the subscribers I care about. Same will be true on Twitter, but for a lot of people, when you allow them to monetize their content, that means my videos will be chopped down. Maybe the meme intros will be cut off to cut down on length and they'll be posted to Twitter because some people will just want to watch my videos on Twitter. It's the exact same reason I post the Rumble Odyssey and BitChute. Uh, I post my videos everywhere because I want my message to be heard. I want to grow um, my viewership. And this will be a huge game changer. Think about this. 
What do most creators on TikTok earn who aren't super huge megastars? Zero dollars. What do most uh, content creators on Instagram make? Zero dollars. Now, once you're large enough, you can start doing like paid ad reads and stuff like that. If he opens up monetization, every content creator on the planet with a, a decent sized audience should be able to earn enough to offset that $8 a month. Um, so it's like free money, like quite frankly, for content creators. The other features, I don't know. I just signed up for it, uh, but it, it doesn't have the new features. So you get like, I guess, is this top articles thing news? Yeah, I think this is news, top articles. This is a nice tool, I guess. Um, you can edit tweets, big whoop. And you can upload longer videos. Also, for anyone who's not a content creator, that's not really a huge deal. But of course, predictably, blue check marks are whining. So one of the big arguments from blue checks is that, oh man, I have to pay $8 a month so people know it's me. Yeah, player, welcome to the, welcome to the rest of us. Like I said, the quartering has active impersonators on Twitter. I have applied for verification probably a dozen times and just gave up because I got declined every single time. Even though I have a, you know, five, 10 articles written about me. Uh, I have a YouTube channel with a million subscribers. I have a Twitter uh, feed with 200 plus thousand followers. They still refuse to verify me. Why? Because of politics. I am absolutely 100% certain that's why. My account doesn't really break the rules. I think I caught a ban at one time, like a long time ago, but that, as far as I know, does not stop you from being verified. Even shoe on heads should be verified. You know what I mean? But like, you can go to shoe and see that there's 500,000 followers. I know it's her. Uh, you can see we take, we take Twitter from the corrupt, the journals, the jannies, the unfunny, and those who have kept you down and we give it back to the people. Um, like, Everyone's whining about it being $8 a month. I just don't understand. Like, this isn't like, I get it. Like, there's going to be some feeling of like FOMO, but like, if you're not a content creator and you don't want like, you know, like Paul Tassie says, so I go to pay $8 or risk impersonation, dude, welcome to the club. I can't even pay $8 and people are impersonating me. So like it does, it really falls on deaf ears for me. And I think most Twitter users, like, you know, the 95% of Twitter users don't care about being verified and they don't want to pay $8 a month for um, the ability to edit tweets. What Elon is clearly going to do here, though, is he's going to add additional, um, additional uh, features because he's going to push this Twitter blue thing. $8 a month is, you know... For a content creator who's monetizing their content, not a lot of money. Um, for for like your average user, I don't think there's enough. There's not enough features here for like the average user to really care about. I mean, skipping ads, a lot of people already use blockers. Um, long form video and audio, again, not really a big deal for normal Twitter users. Um, priority and replies, mentions and search, again, I'm not sure that that really matters a lot to regular Twitter users. So this is for content creators and journals and the journals are just mad. The reason they're mad is because they believe the check mark makes them better than you. That is absolutely true. 
if Elon can get this right and allow people to monetize, build it in with Vine, build it in with shorts, build it in with long form video, he really is building that X app, that app that has everything. Once people are in the app, they don't want them to leave. So if I upload my, if I upload a link to one of my YouTube videos right now, Twitter, and this isn't just Twitter, it's Facebook everywhere, will actively deboost that. If I upload my video, it will be seen by thousands of people, it will be seen by my entire feed because it keeps them on the app. This is again, true for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. So if I can upload my videos to those platforms and not risk losing monetization as a business owner, that's a huge incentive. That's worth a lot more than eight bucks a month. And there's probably a million creators my size that will be able to, to support this. So, you know, I don't know. I think this is a game changer for me as a content creator, and I'm really excited about it. Still, there remains, you know, issues that like, can we fix the political bias? Can we stop with the shadow banning? Can we stop with the deboosting? Can we stop... Like these are, he's so excited to sell us something, but he's really got to, you know, fix some of these other problems too. So we're going to have to keep an eye on it. I've got kind of the number one guy to keep an eye on at Twitter, and I've got a video about him later. And next up today, TikTok to be banned after FCC admits Donald Trump was right. Been here before. I believe it was the orange man that said TikTok is an app that, uh, the United States should really consider um, banning for a lot of reasons, including things like how it's used to spy on Americans, allegedly, and how, uh, well, it's a Chinese-run app, and it's got access to basically everything on your phone. For me, TikTok is an app that is collectively making the youth of this country stupid, er, and uh, enforcing um, reinforcing some of the worst, most brain dead behavior on the planet. But I suppose that's kind of a boomer take. But the FCC commissioner has now said the government should ban TikTok and we have bipartisan support. So I noticed today you see TikTok, FCC commissioner says government should ban TikTok and the market's reacting. Let's go back to a Democrat. One of the Democratic party's leader, Senator Mark Wagner of Virginia, who is the head of the United States Senate Intelligence Committee, has said that former President Donald Trump was right when it came to security risks around the Chinese-owned TikTok. Quote, this is not something you would normally hear me say, but Donald Trump was right on TikTok years ago, said Warner during a visit to Australia, reported the Sydney Morning Herald on October 25th. If you look, if your country uses Huawei, I'm not sure, Huawei, I don't pronounce it, if your kids are on TikTok, if your population uses WeChat as a social media platform, the ability for China to have undue influence is, I think, much greater challenge than a much more immediate threat of any kind of actual armed conflict. Warner, who is currently in Australia to engage with local intelligence chiefs, politicians, and business people, also warned about the technological domination the Chinese regime is exerting over other countries and called it scary. China having this kind of technology domination in a number of countries ought to scare the heck out of us because we've seen this kind of Orwellian surveillance state that they've already uh, created in China. And Australia is also concerned about TikTok. The United States is not the only country concerned about TikTok. Australia's Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, has ordered cybersecurity authorities to investigate social media giants' data collection security. 
O'Neill, who is the cybersecurity minister, has called on Australians who use TikTok to be cautious of the app's data collection. Quote, I'd say to Australians, if you're using TikTok, think about what data of yours might be being collected and know that we're not always 100% confident on how that data is even being used. O'Neill said on Australian Broadcasting Corp, we need to take precautions in this digital age. What an incredible timing. Uh, what incredible timing for Elon Musk to be bringing back Vine, isn't it? What incredible timing. Snapchat and Meta shares pop after FCC commissioner says the United States should ban TikTok. Shares of the social media giant Snapchat and Meta spiked on the news that federal communications commissioner said the United States government should ban TikTok. Quote, I don't believe there is a path forward for anything other than a ban. Think about that. I do not believe there is a path forward for anything other than a ban. Republican commissioner Brendan Carr told Axios in an interview, Snap shares were up 6%, Meta shares were up 4% Tuesday. The comments from Carr, one of four current commissioners at the Democrat-led agency, do not necessarily signal anything pending against TikTok. The Committee on Foreign Investigation in the United States in the Treasury Department is reviewing the company's potential national security implications given its ownership by a Chinese company, ByteDance, and the Justice Department uh, is one uh, leading negotiations over a security deal, the New York Times reported. Well, we all know that our government will happily sell us out for money. So the question really becomes, you know, would they pull off the ban? You know, we already did this back when Trump was around and we had him like have a United States headquarters or something of that nature as some sort of weird end around to, to protect our data. But then only to find out days later that they had all sorts of backdoors into our data anyway and that uh, China had full access to everything we had um, anyway. If we go back to October, Democrat, or um, if we go back to... Uh, here, these are all Trump was right. Trump was right. Oh, these are weird headlines, huh? Um, this article here. Uh, so here's the actual interview. FCC commissioner says government should ban TikTok. Why it matters. The Council on Foreign Investments should take action to ban TikTok. Brendan Carr, one of five commissioners at the FCC, told Axios in an interview. Why does it matter? It's the strongest language Carr has used to date to urge action on TikTok. With more than 200 million downloads in the United States alone, the popular app is becoming a form of critical information infrastructure, making the app's ownership by a Chinese parent company a target of growing national security concern. The FCC quote has, or the FCC has no authority to regulate TikTok directly, but Congress previously has acted after car voice concerns about the Chinese telecom companies, including Huawei, Huawei, I don't know, Huawei, TikTok is currently in negotiations with CFIS, an, in, an, an interagency committee that conducts national security reviews of foreign company deals to determine whether it can be divested by Chinese parent company ByteDance and to an American company to remain operational in the United States. See, this is not enough, though, because we've done this before. We've had this conversation. We've done this multiple times in the past and every time it comes out that they still have access want proof leaked audio from 80 internal tiktok meetings show that u.s user data has been repeatedly accessed from china meaning this whole let's let's put a you know let's move it to the united states why so they can tax it right so they can tax it and have some sort of government meddling in it now we know with the um 
um, the DHS leaks, probably to police, quote unquote, misinformation. But the, even though they moved it, they still had access. Quote, I feel like these tools, there's some backdoor access to our data in almost all of them said external auditor hired to help TikTok close off Chinese access to sensitive information like Americans' birthdays and phone numbers. For years, TikTok has responded to data privacy concerns by promising that information gathered about users in the United States is stored in the United States rather than in China, where ByteDance, the video platform's parent company, is located. But according to leaked audio from more than 80 internal TikTok meetings, China-based employees of ByteDance have repeatedly accessed non-public data about United States TikTok users, Exactly the type of behavior that inspired former President Donald Trump to threaten to ban the app of the United States. This is the problem when you only threaten to do it, right? TikTok adds nothing to society. It can be banned. Um, I suppose so does Angry Birds, but Angry Birds probably doesn't represent the same kind of security threat. Like, we don't really know what they're doing with this data. The recordings, which were reviewed by BuzzFeed News, contain 14 statements from nine different TikTok employees indicating that engineers in China have access to U.S. data between September 2021 and January 2022, at the very least. Despite a TikTok executive's sworn testimony in an October 2021 Senate hearing that a world-renowned U.S.-based security team decides who gets access to the data, nine statements by eight different employees describe situations where United States employees had to turn to their colleagues in China to determine how U.S. data was even, user data was flowing. U.S. staff did not even have permission or knowledge of how to access the data on their own, according to the tapes. Everything is seen in China, said a member of TikTok's Trust and Safety Department in a September 2021 meeting. In another September meeting, a director referred to one Beijing-based engineer as Master Admin, who has access to everything. The recordings range from a small group of people, company leaders. So this, we know, it doesn't matter. They set up a, a place here in the United States and they have every backdoor set up imaginable. Uh, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, Joe Biden doesn't exactly have a reputation of playing tough with foreign leadership. But in this particular case, I would strongly hope that that Joe Biden, I, I, I don't really know that you can just, um, you know, go in and uh, move it to the United States and expect that that's just going to fix everything. Uh, I don't think that it does that. I, I don't think that um, you really have a situation where I feel any safer. I mean, I, I'm sure you don't. Now, I'm sure that, uh, you know, there's a whole crop of white girls stealing dance moves from black girls that are going to be really sad that they can't go on TikTok. But, you know, ultimately, there are good there are good creators on TikTok and there not all the content on there is garbage. But, you know, I guess they could probably use Twitter's uh, app now. They can uh, they can probably use uh, all sorts of things um, as alternatives, um, YouTube Shorts, all these kind of things. All they have to do is make sure they add some editing tools, and they can replace them. And last up today, leftists beg for COVID amnesty after mocking deaths of Americans. Coof amnesty. This is what someone actually had the insane stones to ask for in the media. The people that told you you couldn't go mourn the passing of your brother or your mother or your grandpa or grandma. The people that told you to stay home. They told you you had to wear cloth on your face. They told you you had to stay six feet apart from everybody. They told you your kids couldn't go to school. 
They shut down thousands, tens of thousands of local businesses. Most of them didn't reopen with their fear prawn and their clickbait. And they want amnesty. People had to go to drive through graduations, birthdays, funerals too. And they want amnesty. These are the people that, as you see here, let's declare the Koof amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about the Koof by Emily Oster. No, we don't. I have nothing to apologize for. Do you, my viewer? Do you feel like you have anything to apologize for? I bet you don't. Other than not leaving a like on this video and not immediately hitting that subscribe button down below. Normally, there's like some level of, of kind of memery or jokes in my videos. But like this, this is absolutely, positively the most disrespectful, uh, enraging thing. I mean, from the LA Times column, mocking uh, people who don't want to get the poke and their passings is ghoulish, but it might be necessary. That was written in the LA Times, probably by the same person. Here you have Emily uh, Oster was defending slash our Herman Cain award in the column, a subreddit that would dox and harass the grieving families of people who pass away from the COF, the COOF after questioning the science. This is somebody who celebrated when people died, when they weren't poked, probably pretty quiet on all the people, all the young people suspiciously passing away now, but whatever. Here's another tweet from Professor Emily Oster. My unpopular opinion of the day is that I think we may be reaching the limits of fear-based poke motivation. And there are downsides to continuing to sow fear among those who are already afraid. What might work? Mandates. Oh, okay. Big fan of the mandates, too. This tweet, I, I want to play this clip, too, which showed you. I want It may be in the intro. I don't know if I'm going to make jokes in the intro or not. I, I don't know, but... I mean, this is a funeral, okay? The people that want Koof amnesty, this is the people who want it. It's my... This is a live stream because, you know, you can only allow 10 people in the room. At a funeral, somebody moves next to a grieving member of their family. Privileged to have been asked to conduct our service today to celebrate the life of Alan Wright. I therefore offer you all a very warm welcome as we unite in love and friendship. Huh? To I mean, these are the people that want amnesty. Here's the latest from Professor Emily Oster, and I'm not even going to give. I just want to, I want to show some happiness here, some good light. 29,000 comments, 7,000 likes, two, or 7,000 retweets, 2,000 likes, probably all from journalists. Let's take a look at some of the replies. Neurotic for 5,000 likes writes, After my wife lost her life's work, my kid lost two years of school and human interactions, 
After moving from our state over its politics, after two years of being vilified for questioning now-proven lies, after all the families who went through the same or worse, never. Zuby for 20,000 likes. No, people want justice and accountability. Nobody has properly acknowledged nor apologized for the immense pain, grief, and harm they caused others. People who never wronged them at all, including you, we have receipts. Again, this is somebody who celebrated uh, when people who were unpoked passed away. Now they want amnesty. Is it maybe because more information? Look, and I'm not like, you know, I'm going to be honest. Like, I understand that certain situations are fluid and you're trying to figure things out as you go along. First, you got to wear it. Then you don't got to wear it. Now you need to be poked. Now it doesn't even seem to, I mean, now you had to be isolate for weeks. Now they say, oh, whatever, you can come in as long as you, I mean, it's like, here's Lauren Chen. Forgiveness usually comes after an apology. I see no apology in this piece. Remember how you encouraged family members to pressure each other and the unpoked to get fired? Perhaps a little I'm sorry for that would be a nice place to start, showing an old tweet. Shaming people who haven't gotten poked is likely not going to work at all. What will? Individual family pressure. Maybe poke requirements for things you want to do, like air travel, train travel, work, sports events. Salted Cracker hitting him with the nope libs of TikTok. Heck no. I'll never forget what the Democrats did, how they destroyed thousands of lives by forcing school business closures. People died alone in hospitals while nurses danced on TikTok. And then they didn't allow visitors. Thousands of jobs were lost for refusing the poke. And the list goes on and on. Michael Malice says, how can someone forgive you when you haven't even acknowledged it, let alone apologize and atone for your own lies? Oh, did she already block me? Well, that's weird. Hey, Michael Hitler's column. Mocking anti-poker's deaths is ghoulish, yes, but necessary. From Defiant Owls, no. I mean, I don't even... <laughs> you see shoe on head uh, mocking them. I, I mean, like, you, you, I, don't, you, I don't need forgiveness. You do, from Sour Patch Lids. Michael Malice. You're a perceptive woman to make a plea for mercy, but hopefully there will be none to be found. Cernovich, never. You're all evil. I mean, it's, you know, Janice Dean. Thanks for mentioning the thousands of dead nursing home seniors after several governors decided to flood their nursing homes with COOF-infected patients. Oh, wait, you didn't. There's a certain thing as, like, mistakes, but you don't, I mean, like, look, I'm not Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't forgive, like, automatically. That's why, and that's why people worship the guy, okay? I am human. I am flawed. I don't just forgive this kind of stuff. Everybody's got a story of somebody they know, somebody they care about, other business collapsing. And oh, by the way, you know, by the way, oh, by, by the by, um, have you noticed how like insane people are nowadays? Do you think maybe that has something to do with being locked down over the past few years? I mean, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but it's insane. Here's Libertarian Party. This you strong endorse here. If you're pregnant and unpoked, get poked. It will protect you and pass antibodies to your fetus. 
Okay. <laughs> Critical drinker. So how's it working out for you? Um, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. That, that you would put the, I mean, like who, why would I forgive somebody who hasn't even apologized in like who hasn't apologized even in the slightest, by the way, these people still think they were right. You think, uh, that that famous doctor is ever going to admit he made mistakes? No. You think these drug companies that are making billions of dollars, which by the way, we uh, made sure that they never face any kind of repercussions for any side effects, even though they were forcing them, you know, rushing them out as quick as humanly possible. Here's David McLean. We weren't in the dark. We had a long prepared playbook, which we threw out in a panic. No amnesty, accountability. Carol Roth, counterpoint. We could hold people accountable and make sure BS like this never happens again. I mean, look at what happened in, in uh, is it in Japan or it must have been China yesterday or the other day. Disneyland, they locked, what, 30,000 people inside, I think. I mean, they, they locked everyone inside because there was a one case or something like that. I mean, all these people, and look, and I'm, I, you know, I, I Here's what I always said. I'm a proud, uh, I am proudly unaware of the poke status of my friends and family. I don't care. I don't care if you got it. I don't care if you didn't get it. Okay. I'm ultimately responsible for my own body and health and that I have to be accountable for that. And I never would ever tell somebody what to do, you know? Um, and my position, I feel like, has been very amiable this whole time. But these same ghouls that would write articles vilifying people, that would tell you to call your cops on your neighbors if they were gathering more than 10 people, it feels like all that was for nothing, doesn't it? Yes, it was. T it's terrible. It's a terrible disease, and, it, and, it, and it's, it should be respected, especially by people who are high risk. I don't think anyone would deny that. Um but I will never forget the articles these ghouls wrote. Never.